it's the best gift you can give anyone. And I've always had the mindset to always pay it forward. And I try to pay it forward every day in my life, somehow, some way. Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifePath. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. Spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. Let's talk about life. By far, the most needed organ for transplant is the kidney. The wait time for a deceased donor kidney can be anywhere from two to five years or sometimes even longer. That's why living kidney donation is so important to consider. When Linda learned that her son Eric was in stage five kidney failure and would need a transplant, she knew exactly what she was going to do. Linda went to the University Hospitals of Cleveland Transplant Institute and began being tested as a potential living donor. Imagine her delight when she was told that she was a perfect match. However, as Linda and Eric got farther into the process, it was determined that the match wasn't so perfect after all. Hi, welcome to season five of Let's Talk About Life. This is episode 140, and I am your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. You could listen to LifeBank's Let's Talk About Life on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to LifeBank's Let's Talk About Life. Linda Liberator, our guest today, shares her story of all the twists and turns in her journey to be a living kidney donor but as it turned out, not to her son, Eric. This is such an interesting story. I really want to jump right into it. Linda, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Let's get a little background for our audience. How did you learn that your son needed a kidney? Well, it was in November of 2021, he had broken his foot or fractured it and had no idea how he had done that. And while he was at the doctor's, they had told him his blood pressure was extremely high. With some coaxing, he went back to the doctor and they did some blood work. And by that night, they had found out that his creatine level was really high and his GFR was really low. And from there, he found out he had stage five kidney disease, and it was irreversible. Oh, my goodness. That must have been a shock to everybody. It was. I would go to bed at night and pray that God take me and not my son. I, I just, it was just, it was horrible. It was during the holidays, and it just took a little bit of the cheerfulness and celebration that you like to have during the holidays away knowing that he had stage five kidney disease and I knew what the consequences could be for him. But then again, um, high blood pressure is the silent killer. And if you don't go for your routine physicals yearly, it could go undiagnosed. And in this case, it did. 
Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because so many people find out they have kidney disease when they go to the doctor, exactly what you said, for something else. It is a silent killer and your kidneys can go into failure without you really having symptoms. It's not like a heart attack where you all of a sudden have pain and other symptoms. Kidney disease is very sneaky and Oh, what a shock, I'm sure. How old was your son at the time? Uh, my son at the time was 45. Oh, okay, okay. So he progressed in the process of getting diagnosed and treated. And when did the topic of a kidney transplant pop up? He went to a nephrologist in March, and the nephrologist said that I was too old to donate to him that, you know, they wanted someone younger. And I was devastated at that news because I was going to do anything to save my son because a mother's love is so unconditional and I would do anything for any of my children. So then he went up to university hospitals and they said, no, there is no age limit that I would just have to test. And if I could pass all the tests, I could be a living organ donor. And as soon as I found that out, I went online and I started the process right away. Hallelujah, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, or what we thought, right? Right. How how was it to go through the process then? The process was quite easy, I felt. I had a lot of confidence. I knew I could do this. I knew everything would be okay. And I remember going up there and them telling me I was his perfect match, which was like, yes, I was so excited. You know, I was back in the room with the coordinator and I asked, can I call my son and give him the news? He went with me to every one of my appointments and uh, I told him I'm your perfect match. But as the testing continued, they decided that a younger kidney would be best for him and that I could donate to a complete stranger. And I decided to do that. Wow. Why did you decide to do that? Because there's no greater feeling than being able to give someone a second chance of life or to save their life. I mean, it's the best gift you can give anyone. And I've always had the mindset to always pay it forward. And I try to pay it forward every day in my life, somehow, some way. So you went through a paired exchange program. And for our listeners, if you're not aware what that is, It's when uh, you have someone who needs a kidney and somebody willing to be a donor, but may not necessarily match. Or in your case, they wanted somebody younger. So you go into a database and then they kind of find your match, if you will. So they find somebody else who would match to that donor. And then your son who would need a kidney would get a kidney from another anonymous donor. So it's kind of a cool thing, and people are saving lives. They're unable to give to their loved one, but this is a way of ensuring that their loved one does get a kidney, and you're saving somebody else's life. How awesome is that? It was. It was the best experience ever. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that experience, the surgery, and what was that like? Well, my surgery date was uh, September 7th of 2022. And on September 6th, my husband and I drove up to spend the night up in Cleveland because I didn't want to be late for my surgery or (laughs) get caught in a traffic jam. 
So we drove up, and I, and I had been very passionate about donating. I, it was something I really wanted to do. And on the way up, I started to cry, and my husband's like, what's wrong? And I said, Mark, tomorrow I am changing someone's life for the better. Like, it will be their last dialysis treatment. Like, I'm giving them back their life. And the morning of surgery, I was just so at peace. And I was just so calm with everything that I was doing because it was the best thing that anybody can do for anyone, I think, is to give them back their life and give them a second chance. So I feel grateful that I was able to have that opportunity and that I was healthy enough to do that. I feel like God prepared me for this journey my entire life. Oh, that's so profound. So profound. And the other thing people don't think about is you're giving the gift of life, but you're also giving the gift of time. Um, Dialysis requires at least three treatments per week to keep you alive. And each session can be four or five hours. So think of what, you know, you would do with 15 extra hours a week. My goodness. Right. Um, And they're tied to that machine. So it is a gift of life and a gift of time. And I, I, I think it's underrated and people don't appreciate that as much as, or they don't think about that as much. Like I know what I would do with 15 hours. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. What a godsend. So um, you went through the process and at that time you had no idea who received your kidney. No, I had no idea at all. And we actually had my uh, recipient was at the hospital the same day I was there. And, um, It's a male, and he was actually on my floor, and I had no idea. Like, I walked past his room. I probably walked past him in the hallway, but we had no idea who each other were, you know? So how did it come up that you finally got to meet your recipient? Well, after a few weeks of recovery, I decided that I, I wanted to write him a letter and let him know about my journey and how it all began. So I wrote a letter and I got him a card. And uh, when I went back up for a checkup at UH, I gave my coordinator the card. And then when he went back up for a checkup, they gave him my card. And then a few weeks later, I received a letter in the mail and a card from him And uh, from there, the rest is history. He sent his phone number, and now we text, talk, and see each other, you know, often. So, What is his first name? His first name is Michael. Uh, And what do you think of Michael? I think the world of him. I mean, he reminds me a lot of myself. Um, we both have the same personalities. There are so many similarities about he and I, and we share the same birthday month. He's got my funky attitude. (laughs) Um, we're very active. He likes to play tennis and golf and I'm a runner and we both just have a zest for life, you know? That's perfect. That's wonderful. So I don't want to forget about your son, Eric. How did Eric fare in all of this? Well, I donated my kidney on September 7th, and he received his 
kidney on September 29th at U8. So uh, he fared really well. Um, the wait wasn't long. And both my recipient and my son are both doing very well. I mean, it's phenomenal how well they're doing. You wouldn't even know that they each have a kidney or, you know, had a kidney transplant. Right, right. So, uh, another surprising thing I think Michael and Eric would share is that they probably didn't know how bad they felt until after they received a healthy functioning kidney. You know, we spoke earlier about how kidney disease sneaks up on you. And part of that is you, you know something's not right or you don't feel great, but it isn't until you have a healthy functioning kidney that you go, wow, I'm supposed to feel like this every day. This is crazy. Right. Linda, so you and Michael actually exchanged information, you text, you communicated. When did you decide to get together to meet each other? Uh, we got together on May 19th of 2023, and that's when I met him for the very first time. So it, it was exciting. I mean, did you... it's just a bond that, it's a physical bond that we have. You know, he has my kidney now. <laughs> Yeah, so. that's something to think about. Um, was right. there a sense of familiarity with you? I mean, obviously you you communicated, but did you feel like like there was a an automatic kinship? Oh, absolutely. I feel like we've been lifetime friends. I feel like I've known him forever. I mean, there's the connection is just unbelievable. I don't know how to describe it actually. We share upbeat personalities. We have the same humor. And I gave him a part of my life, and now he's a part of my life because of that. Right, right. And just to, to verify, you're feeling great, and you're back to normal activity, right? Oh, absolutely. Nothing's changed. In fact, people will come up to me and say, hey, how are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, great. And they'll look at me and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, great. Honestly, you know, because I forget, you know what I mean? Like, it's not on my mind every day. Oh, I donated my kidney, you know, and I think some people are amazed at how well I feel that I'm the same person I was before donation. Nothing has slowed me down one bit. Wow, that's awesome to hear. So if somebody out there is thinking about it, and it's kind of been on their mind, but they haven't taken any action, what would your advice be to a person considering living kidney donation? Uh, to start the testing process, just do it. Like I said, there's no better gift than giving someone back their life or giving them a part of you. Um, we all have an opportunity to give someone a second chance. And I wish more people would consider it because of how many people are waiting on organs and especially kidneys, you know? Oh, absolutely. I would say 80% of the waiting list is waiting for a kidney transplant. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's so many campaigns, Share Your Spare or the Big Ask, Big Give by the National Kidney Foundation, where if you have questions or you're thinking about donating, I mean, there's so many resources out there to help you with the process. So, right. But it is important to know, you know, it is a surgery and there is a risk. But, you know, I think 
Things have progressed to the point where the surgeries are a lot easier than they were back in the day, and the risks are much lower. How long was right. your recovery time, would you say? I would say a couple of weeks. I'm a very active person, so I don't like to sit. And uh, it was hard to you know, stay down, so I bounced right back. Um, but I had to remind myself, like, I wasn't allowed to lift anything, I think, over 10 pounds. And, you know, I would walk every day. I mean, honestly, it was an easy recovery. I would do it all over again if I had the opportunity and I could. Aw, <laughs> so, that's great to hear. And how long were you in the hospital? Uh, I had my surgery on a Wednesday and I went home on a Saturday. And the reason I was there maybe a little longer than normal is because I don't take any medications. And obviously, I never took any pain medication. So they give you narcotics to help with the pain. But I got sick taking those narcotics. And as soon as I stopped taking them, I was so much better. So, Oh, good, 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 good. Well, Linda, I, I, as a two-time kidney recipient, you know, my heart goes out to you. My first donor was my sister, who is a living kidney donor. Um, and that was, gosh, over 30 years ago. And she's still doing great. She's, you know, out there living her life. And I appreciate people who step up to help somebody out. When you hear, as I'm sure Eric will attest, you're in kidney failure. Your whole world just comes crashing down around your head. You, you're scared. You don't know what to expect. And transplant really does give that life back. So we honor you, and we're so happy that everything worked out. And what a brave, courageous woman you are, Linda. We, we appreciate oh, thank you, you sharing your story. I thank you for the opportunity because, actually, I'm very passionate about living organ donation and just donation in general. I, I like to talk to anybody about it. I like to ask people, are you an organ donor? And if they say no, I ask them, why not? Because I use their eyes for an example. Can you imagine donating your eyes and someone seeing the beauty of the world for the first time? Mm. I mean, how can you not be an organ donor? You know, I just wish everyone would do it. Well, so do I. So, so do yeah. I. And, and really, I mean, that's why it's important to share your story. Why right. It's important to explain these stories. And every one of them is a little miracle. Every one of them. Right. We certainly appreciate all you do. You've been in newspapers and done other interviews, getting the word out there. And we so appreciate it, Linda. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on.